0: Today, I'm here and it's Firo, correct? Now you want to be your call yeah, here? Beautiful. Yep, that is correct. Beautiful. And I'm <laughs> going to go by John, and we're going to go ahead and just uh, talk today. Why don't we go ahead and just start off with just a really basic question, and just dive in some topics. So you are a full-time, I guess, Gwent content creator is probably the most appropriate at the moment. Like, streamer. Pretty but much. Interesting. So, but you, you obviously, you've graduated university. Yeah. Uh so tell me a bit well, about how you went from mm-hmm. university into full-time content creation. Yeah, that was uh, that's
1: that's an interesting one. So basically, um so I live in South Africa, which um has a really really high unemployment rate. I think it's like 35% right now. So really? it's crazy.
0: It's 35%. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy high, uh, it's pretty bad. So basically I was for about a couple well, after university for, for almost a year, I was essentially looking for work. I did find some part-time writing job, um, which I was doing. It wasn't, really, it wasn't really a full-time thing. It was more like just, um, you know, kind of when you can, write an article or two every now and then while I was also looking for a more permanent position. Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: obviously there's a lot of free time at that point as well because, you know, you applying for jobs, you, can, you can't really, I can't really spend an entire day Applying for jobs only so much, like apply for in one day, and then yeah, I had a lot, a lot of free time left over. So I was okay, also playing Gwent at the time as well. And I was like, Yeah, well, I've got so much time left over while I'm applying for for jobs, whatnot. I may as well stream some Gwent in between, and whatnot. So at first, I was kind of just you know, I would my typical day would just be like apply for some jobs and then also play some Gwent in the or stream some Gwent a bit in the afternoon, and from there, it kind of just became more and more more and more full time, I guess, to the point where it is now, where it basically has become my job, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So basically it started out as just probably both a stress relief and a way to just cope with all this job application. Because when you don't have a job, you're just applying. It's basically a full time job. you just, but there's also so many yeah. jobs out there. And then you just kind of yeah. turned it into something.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It just was a lot of, a lot of like free time that I kind of wants to try use constructively to do something at least while I'm trying to get something going. It's quite difficult in South Africa like I said 35% employment rate it's so
2: tell me... <laughs> I have a Bcom honors degree this all Did you know go before hard. going
0: to university that you were going to potentially run into this issue? Was that a given or did it didn't happen?
1: Uh no it was it was it was it's pretty much in South Africa it's kind of a lot of it's kind of a big a big um issue that's why a lot of people actually the education system in South Africa is actually pretty good but um people often what often instance happens: is people get their degrees in South Africa because we actually have very good universities and whatnot mm-hmm. and then move countries right off right off they get the degree they really? just move countries to a country where they can actually find work much easier that's very frequently what ends up happening here
0: was, was that ever part of your plans like it makes, I mean, it seems sense um, to me if you're running 35% unemployment, especially youth, oh, because usually you be used oh, to take be
1: I mean, I'm always thinking about moving, but it's difficult because a lot of my family, like all my family is pretty much here, I don't really, I don't really know too many other people outside of South Africa, so it's, but it is something that I'm always, I'm always thinking about it because, to be honest, I kind of would rather live in another country in South Africa, but, at the time being, for, to be honest, right now it doesn't really matter all that much because if I'm indoors streaming all the time. I guess it doesn't matter whether I'm South Africa or on the moon. It does mm-hmm. pretty much kind of the same thing, but yeah, <laughs> it is something I definitely always consider or think about at least.
0: So we talked briefly about the first stream when it began. You've done more than just Gwen competitively. Uh, so yep. Tell me a I bit used about it. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I
1: used to play back in the day when I was, I mean, since I was. 13 or something i used to play call of duty competitively and um yeah it was it it started off as just like just playing public lobbies and just you know just playing i mean i would say at that point it wasn't really competitive but then at some point there was like call of duty world championships and there was Mm -hmm. they were inviting there were invite there was i believe a spot open for south african team to participate in the world championship and then um the, the, to only enter to enter that, you had to be first of all, you had to be over eighteen, which I was, but you also had to be on Xbox. and I was playing I, I was playing initially mm-hmm. on PlayStation, so I actually <laughs> went ahead and bought an Xbox specifically so I wow. could play because the competitive scene at the time was on Xbox.
0: Yep. So, so, yeah,
1: so to actually play like competitive,ly like okay, right that's it I'm gonna play I'm gonna play on Xbox from now on I'm gonna buy an Xbox and then I'm gonna actually join a team and actually um and actually start trying to play somewhat seriously and then quite quickly after that um a team asked me to join they were a pretty decent team and then after that i believe one of the best teams asked me to join in south africa at least not in the world but in south africa um and for the whole year that we were playing in that uh, as a team we made it to the finals in every single turn we played which was so mm-hmm. t- quite time-consuming because call of Duty wow. is not really a game that you can It's it's a team-based game right so yep. it's not just you on the It's not just you can play when you're ready. You have to organize your teammates when you want to scrim, when you want to practice and whatnot. So it's a lot of different moving parts. Like in Gwent, if you want to practice, you can just kind of sit down anytime. You can say, okay, this morning I'm going to practice, tonight I'm going to practice. But it's not that easy when it comes to team-based things. So for the most part, I was playing quite a lot. I was playing like several hours a day, maybe sometimes even more. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we we did perform quite well for the year that we were together. Um, And then after that, I mean, after that, that's when... That, that that's when I was finished up my degree, and then after, and then after that, I kind of didn't like the direction that Call of Duty went. I was getting a, at some point, mm-hmm. things start became a bit more too casual oriented for me, and then I actually I'm just playing Gwent casually, and then from there,
0: yeah. Interesting. So even while you were in college, you were still competing in games at a top level, and so it feels like oh, it's okay. kind of been hand in hand for multiple stages of your life now.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, funny story. The one time there was a there was a big um, tournament, and um, it was an, a gaming expo, and it it took a couple of months to qualify. There was like a whole ladder system to qualify for this tournament. It was called EGC, I believe. Okay. Um, and basically, <laughs> I had a, I had a big exam. I had a labor relation exam the following Monday, and this tournament took up the whole weekend. These tournaments are um pretty much the entire day. They're quite long. And I remember I, there was a big gaming expo. I literally took my textbook with me to the venue <laughs> to go study while in between <laughs> our games. So like I, I would literally play a game and then I'd and then I'd and then I'd go, go outside, sit down uh, outside, and start reading through my textbook to study because I literally had a massive exam on the Monday after, and I was kind of worried also. about how I'm gonna fit this all together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so you just like oh, I'll just I'll just merge it together. I'll study in the downtime and try to win this turn. Ter- uh, yep, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I love that. Pretty much. I love that. <laughs> it's really gone hand in hand. This, uh, competitive and everything. You gotta make sure you always have something to chew on. So, yeah. caught eventually died down. He said it got too casual for you. Um, yeah. And you would not take casual. I mean, you bought the Xbox and you're like,
1: you know what? Yeah. I mean, a- mm-hmm. it, it, it was casual in the sense that the game just, like, it just felt like it became, it wasn't, it just didn't feel the same. It just felt like they were trying to appeal to the mass audiences too, mu- too much for my liking. It just didn't feel. It just didn't feel the same competitive. Me. I mean, I know Call of Duty still today is a very big, comp- like it is a, mm-hmm. it has a big eSports following. It's still, it's not, I wouldn't describe it as a casual game, but it just wasn't quite what it was in the past for me, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting, but you've since then, of course, gone over to Gwent. Do you feel like there's more of a competitive feel for that game right now? I mean,
1: Gwent, I never, I never initially planned on, like, playing it competitively. When I first, the reason why I first started Gwent was because of The Witcher 3. I'm not, I'm not really much of a card game player. If you asked me four years ago, really? would I... If I was going to, if I was going to, if I could picture myself as like a competitive card player, I would just probably laugh and go, what? Me? Card game? No, never. But um, basically, I really liked The Witcher 3, and I mm-hmm. did like Gwent in The Witcher 3. It was quite fun, actually. I mean, I'm, I, this, I mean, the story is pretty similar to most people. I have know a lot of people have said the same thing. Um, I really liked Gwent in The Witcher 3, and then I saw them making a standalone game, and I decided to play it a bit. Um, I was most interested, just honestly, for the lore and the card art and, you know, just, mm-hmm. just playing some Gwent and seeing how it would be in, like, a full release game. And, um, I don't know, I, I played, I was mostly playing it just casually in the beginning and then eventually you know, I started, how do I say it, like, climbing ladder quite quickly. I got, to, I remember the first season I played and I got to Grandmaster, which was the highest rank at the time, and I was like, okay, well next season let's see i can do a bit better and then you know then from there if the competitive nature of me kind of took off and i kept wanting to, you know i get better and better and better and then well
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and then of course we end up today which we'll get to but a few more questions about that were you yeah. here for the homecoming shift that reminds me a bit of that casualness
1: kind of yeah mentioning. that was a weird one so i initially played gwent on playstation 4 i did not have a pc at the time i am um, I didn't own a PC at the time, so I, I had no way of playing. And when it, came on home, when it came out on Homecoming, it came out on a PC, I think, like, two months before it came out on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck playing old Gwent mm-hmm. on, on, before Homecoming for, like, two months after it was even out on PC. So it was a very weird shift <laughs> for me. Um, mm-hmm. I started streaming as it came out on pl- on PlayStation, because that's when I could actually play it, which was already two months late. Now to like, relearn the game way behind everyone else because everyone else had like two months to learn i was sitting there trying to figure out where all the cards are i can't tell you how many times i was playing cards in the wrong row like range row ghouls and whatnot because uh-huh. from before homecoming there was n- the rows didn't matter at all no cards were pretty much low- row locked so i wasn't used to like going okay I have to play this is the row i have to put it on the range row and yeah it was quite a weird transition
0: no it makes a lot of yeah for me it was a weird transition as well i felt like at that point the game just got simpler where I I missed the Siege row because it felt like just this opportunity was gone. But you're right, it didn't matter much then where you played stuff. And then when weather would come down and slap an entire row and it was just gone, it's like, oh, okay. That was a bummer. Yeah. things. But you stuck with it. A lot of people quit then. (sighs) I honestly wasn't. I wasn't
1: a huge fan of Homecoming when I first saw it. When I first saw Homecoming, I was quite against it, and I, I honestly wasn't really sure if I was even going to play Gwent after that. Um, I did play it, and again, this is this. I, I kind of so the first season back in Homecoming, right? I was learning the game, and I was mm-hmm. making a lot of mistakes because everyone else had four like two months to learn the Homecoming, and I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, like you're behind. Cram it in like a very short amount of time. But I still did perform relatively well on ladder. I I I believe I finished. I mean, I finished. I had pretty decent scores. I finished. I think. I think I finished like 30 something on ladder. Um nice. So once again, I was like, okay, well, I performed relatively well, despite coming back so late. So again, I kind of thought to myself, hey, I, I did well. Let's see if I can do better next time. And then, like you know, the competitive nature comes through again. And
0: yeah, and you you, you strike know. me as a very competitive person, right? Even where you're like, ah, school, I can do that. With- pro call of duty it's like two months behind in gwen i'll figure it out anyways uh honestly i think the, for me the, the idea of you saying you know i have a playstation 4 but i need an xbox 360 i'm just gonna buy that so i can play the exact same game just so i can be competitive just so i can yeah I mean, school it, some was, kids.
1: it was actually it wasn't a, it wasn't a 360. It was actually, an xbox one I, I i had a i initially bought a playstation 4 and then after that i was also kind of like well the competitive scene is on xbox and then I bought the Xbox just for, for you know, just the, the Xbox. The only thing it did was play Call of Duty. I didn't use it for anything else. All really? And then after, then after that, the Call of Duty scene moved back to PlayStation, which is hilarious. A year later, it, mm-hmm. it um, Weird. deals with Sony or whatever and moved back. So then I sold the Xbox and moved back to
0: PlayStation, which was quite funny. <laughs> ah, is there any crossplay there or is that not a thing? There is now, I think, but not back then. Uh, okay, it kind of explains why you had to keep hopping. Wherever all the good players were gathering, it's like, well, got to shift over there. Almost like a yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. Like, oh, if everyone agrees it's PlayStation, it's going to be PlayStation. If everybody agrees yeah, it's awesome. going to be Xbox. It's, Xbox. it's,
1: it's, it's I'm not it's because of the agreement, it was just, well, it's because I think there were exclusivities between like Microsoft and Activision, and then between Sony and Activision because of that, all the pro players' plans so-and-so console and then it caused the trickles down right if all the pro players play on this console then everyone else kind of gravitates towards that
2: console and, you know
0: that makes sense it makes sense let's talk a little bit about gwent actually not probably not probably not a little bit because it's become this constant in your life talking about basically gwent consumes yeah. content creation specifically not just streaming which i feel people always associate with streamers streaming gwent and no surprise you're the number one i checked like over the past 365 days You've streamed the most Gwent out of anyone on the planet on Twitch. Yeah. Period, uh, which is <laughs> insane. But you do a lot for Gwent. So Let's just t- and then start just kind of breaking it down here. Let's talk about the competition because that's an ongoing theme here. You constantly are a top sixty-four player on the ladder, constantly qualify for the different qualifiers. Do you have an ambition yeah. for the competitive side? Is that just like an outcome that's coming from the competitive? Oh, is it the goal? Tell oh. me about that. How's it? I mean, I order?
1: would like to. I would obviously like to qualify for an open or, or or some kind of major tournament. would be Would be nice. I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say like that's the drive. Like mm-hmm. to me, the stream part of things is probably more important, especially concerning like my job at the point. But that is kind of like a a small goal that I keep in mind. But at the same time, it's not my main goal. My main goal is to keep streaming, keep growing the channel, and try and try and make things as um how do i say it, sustainable as possible because it's not exactly an easy environment to um to to um you know be sustainable and i guess you could say it's definitely a very volatile environment for sure the ruthless one
0: from what i can tell it's just the biggest streamers take it all and then everybody else dies but of course gotta be a bit cha- well let me ask a couple questions first is south america or not america south africa's unemployment rate still the same kind of deal so if this fell apart would you find yourself still in that same predicament? Uh, I mean I have I have alternative options, should I say. Um I do have I do have
1: family that do have that do own businesses and whatnot and they've even offered to like they even offered to like try set something up for me, but I, I, I keep declining because I <laughs> I kinda wanna do my own thing and I wanna have my grandfather say, Okay, you're gonna you're gonna take over this business or whatever. It's really my it's not really what I wanna do. Um but i'd rather do make it my own way and try to figure out what i want to do because it just doesn't doesn't really quite sit well at me just one day just taking over some random person well not random person but some some business and saying okay yeah now it's time for you to take over and if you enjoy it or not that doesn't matter
0: wait so let me ask you then a further follow-up question do you think it's because like the freedom that comes to streaming because also i know behind the scenes everyone's like oh you sit there and play video I games know- but it's very restrictive <sighs> it's a lot of time or do you think yeah. it's that competitive drive kind of kick in in there uh, I- i I think I like
1: having something that you can like I don't really like the idea of working for someone else because all the work you put in is kind of uh uh-huh. growing that person's business or that person's you know you're not you're not yeah. really doing much for yourself you' get you're getting a salary but you're you're kind of just you're settling for uh-huh. a constant you're not you're not really going further you're not really going yeah I mean you kind of, obviously are career paths and 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 ways to like you know advance uh-huh. your career and whatnot but it doesn't I don't like the idea of working for other people. I kind of like, I, I probably would be fine if I owned my own business, which is obviously ch- there are other challenges with that. But I do like the idea of being self-sufficient and having your own your own control over things and how you, you do in life.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you also like, and I, I can relate to that. So I, feel, I used to be in a corporate world. I quit and said, you know, I'm going to figure out my own path and see if I can figure, you know, kind of do it. Because when you're going on your own, you reap the punishment but you also reap the rewards yeah so it's definitely
1: risky that's for sure
0: no I, I i like the feel though it's very it's a, it's a fun environment where it's like you know if it goes poorly yeah. fine you pick yourself back up i mean you'd fall back you have the you have commerce degree, you could go to a different country you uh-huh. could go work for family but you know. I do have a, I do
1: have mm-hmm. a Portuguese passport as well because I have I have um I'm half Portuguese half Greek by heritage so I have a Portuguese passport so at least I have a uh-huh. European passport that's me like kind of going in because I'm not I'm not gonna lie if you have a South African passport not for doesn't get you very far when you try like apply for uh-huh. visas or whatnot in other countries because they kind of don't really have a high regard for south african passports luckily i got a portuguese passport which nice. makes it much easier for me to actually
0: maneuver around countries if i wanted to yeah so you have <laughs> you have a bunch of options but i like that i think it says a lot that you pick the risky one that it's blazing your own trail it's not working for your family not hopping to a different country it's just like you know what this works as competitiveness and gwent but now it's really almost like if, if i'm correct in saying it's almost evolved to a competitiveness competitiveness in content creation to an
1: because you truly... yeah i mean that's obviously there's okay. also the competitive nature in like streaming and
0: whatnot as well it's, it's another another I layer i guess of competitive nature <laughs> well do you feel like you've won gwent for just the streaming i want to talk more about all the other stuff you do as well but you are the biggest gwent streamer i mean life coach shows up but it's like life coach has a great do you think your ambition, now you've kind of conquered the Gwen streaming, the goal to grow Gwen, is the goal to stream other games? Because I know you're also interested in Zero, is your horizon Zero I do. Zero to... I do. So I, I, I'm definitely, um I definitely do like streaming. I, I, I do actually
1: enjoy other games as well, even though I'm competitive. I, I really do. My whole life I've been playing games, I've I play a lot of different games, actually. Not mm-hmm. recently, not as much. Since the start of streaming, I've actually played very little other games, way less than I would like. I used to mm-hmm. play all kinds of different games there's not as much but i do really enjoy playing other games for sure obviously um it's very difficult to juggle that and stream games at the same time i yep. do i did recently like stream resident evil i went through mm-hmm. a playthrough on that um and i do want to be able to stream other games as well just just for like a fun type of thing yep um but I, I, at the same time that's kind of always how i work i have like one main competitive game and then i play other games on the side so right now Gwent is that competitive game, and then, obviously, mm-hmm. I would do also want to, at times, like, you know, just for the fun of it, stream, you know, maybe Horizon Zero Dawn, or maybe the new God of War, that comes mm-hmm. out, or whatnot. That
0: makes sense. It's tough bounce, though, because I know I know when I've streamed other games, it's like, your viewership has immediate right? Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. kind of have that constant pullback to, like, wow, I've built my identity on Gwent. I mean, I know I have it, anyways. Yeah. Uh, and you're very <laughs> popular <laughs> with Gwent, obviously. When you must go to other games, you're like, okay... I have to balance it where it's a lot of fun to play these other games. and There's tons of great games coming out, but, you know, if I, you know, half my audience yeah. isn't here anymore. Like, mm, it's tough. Yeah, that's that's
1: why it would, it would be really nice to be one of those, like, massive streamers with, like, a million followers that can stream whatever game they want. Oh, my gosh. And <clears <clears <throat> no one cares. <throat> but, yeah, that's quite that's quite an ambitious um, goal to have. But, yeah, I mean, I, 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 obviously, as you mentioned, you're streaming other games. Obviously, if you build your main, like, focus on one game, then it's kind of hard to, like, pull your audience with to watch this game some people obviously there are a certain percentage of people that do enjoy mm-hmm. watching your content regardless and they will watch you if you play this or that game um which is why i kind of I, I don't, it's why also i don't stream other games for the sake of streaming other games It has to be a game that i'm very interested in and a game that i would like to like share like mm-hmm. a play through with everyone so that it doesn't feel like i'm just kind of just streaming other games just for the sake of streaming other games but just so yeah. that it gives someone people like an option to like see a different side of the stream like a different mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like a, but a more like fun, casual, you know, just enjoy a game together kind of vibe.
0: I view it, I've always viewed it when I stream another game, like it's almost a community time, right? There's all the people there for the game, yeah, but the people who watch me do any other game are there for me, right? They don't know the other game, mm-hmm. uh, but if they're there, then like, hey, these are the people I want to chill off chat with. They're going to follow me wherever. Yeah, uh, Which is exactly. pretty sick. Let's see. Mm-hmm. So one thing I've, I want to ask about is that competitive mindset. How do you balance it? Cause it's it's got to be stressful like the streaming yeah. life i don't i think people think it's this you know roses everywhere we get to, you know you play video games all day but in reality it's non-stop you wake up you work you sleep and that it's, it's a cycle yeah hour to yourself it's, so not easy.
1: it's mm-hmm. definitely something that's not many people i think are quite how do I say it? I'm geared to like it's not yeah. it's it's it takes a lot from you. Like you really have to depending on how competitive you wanna be, like obviously there are far better players than me as well, which probably take even a step further. Um mm-hmm. but generally speaking, um if you want to be at the top of something, you really have to dedicate quite a lot to be mm-hmm. there. And for the most part, you gotta make a lot of compromise in your life to do that. And yes. I don't quite think the majority of people are gonna be quite comfortable with making those kind of compromises and i think that's kind of how it goes it's not yeah. really easy to balance like it's it's really hard to balance all these different things together like have a normal outside life have have deal be able to you know stream gwent or compete in gwent and then make a video or do this or do that. It's, it's it's definitely something that's not easy to do
0: yeah i think uh i feel like that's the thing that's lost on people because there's a point where you say okay uh oh i'm really good at a game let's go play it but i imagine you're probably putting 60 70 80 hours a week minimum and then you have to say oh do i want to work on my like friendships you know family relationships or do i want to work on content and all of a sudden you start to realize oh you know i'm not making progress the only way i'm going to make progress is crank up the hours on the content creation what else is going to give right well i have to say man maybe i won't be as close friends with some of my you know friends maybe i won't be able to attend every single event in my family's life yeah you have to make these choices and they're not not like the oh i work a job that you know go home and then i get to, you know, this is the time i'm allotted it's just like oh if i want to be successful yeah, i have to make it's, more sacrifices that's the
1: thing it's it's, it's not like a 9 to 5 job right you don't just you, it's not something that you just go i mean uh, it, obviously people see from the streaming side of things that i kind of stream a certain amount of hours and that's uh-huh. it but quite often there's more to that, than that. there's obviously you got to make youtube videos obviously there's also um scrimming with teammates preparing for tournaments preparing mm-hmm. for tournaments actually takes a lot of time sometimes um and there's a lot going on behind the scenes as well that takes up additional time so it's definitely like it's definitely something that's not easy to do for sure and it's also <laughs> also then it also takes up your weekends as well it's not like another yeah. normal job where you kind of have the weekend off it's not exactly it's not mm-hmm. exactly a strict work first amount of hours and then yeah. have fun afterwards kind of thing
0: yeah because it's it's it, you it goes back to that risk reward every Downside is yours, you own every upside though. So, you know, if things aren't going as planned. You gotta put more time in. But the benefit is of course you get the rewards. So if you work the extra hours on the weekend, it's yours. Now with that said, do you mind asking? If you don't mind me asking, how many hours do you work a week? Or even a day? Um. <clears throat>
1: A good question. Um so six hours of streaming a day, that's like that's that's always guaranteed. Sometimes way more like okay, I mean I, recent but there's always I'm I'm very often doing like casting events and whatnot. Those uh-huh. typically force me to go overtime. Like recently I was casting a team the blood events that that was like eight-ish hour streams for for the last three days. Mm-hmm. Um uh on, on average, it's probably on average I would say it's probably like forty-five-ish hours or forty-four-ish. I don't know, something something like that, hours of streaming. And yep. then Making a YouTube video probably gonna take another like an hour and a half or two hours, sometimes depending on the what the video is. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make videos all that often, um, or uh, probably should, but it's so exhausting. I think to like stream it and go okay now to make a video. Um, but obviously some days I make a video, and then there's also the the fact of when there's tournaments, there's preparing decks, practicing the decks, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So all all I would probably estimate it's close ish to like
0: sixty ish hours, close to sixty hours a week. Yeah. um spent in this kind of stuff i would say that's a lot and i think where a lot of people are, sit there like oh man 50 hours you know my work job asked me to work overtime and then it's like oh yeah 60 getting baseline and then of course there's the overtime and you mentioned casting which i think is a really fascinating part about content where you do everything and i think I mean, it's mind-blowing how much you do for the community so what got you into casting is it that hey you know competition might as well say or tell me more tell me more um i actually first time i casted event was back in the call of duty
1: days as well so really i was a competitor yeah i was a comp obviously i was a competitor and there was a tournament going on now our team already qualified for the tournament Uh um we we were already qualified but there were other teams competing to obviously get other spots in like the big finals event and i remember there was there's an isp in south africa their name was mweb um they they have they had like a division specifically for eSports. E- okay and one of their um one like the, the not how do i say it? the not, not the owner the um the head of that that division manager? He, he was he's a very okay. good caster um he casts events and whatnot and then one day he invited me to to drive down to the mweb head office Mm-hmm. and then wow. i would join him as like a, a a guest caster, or whatever to join him because obviously he's oh. wasn't he wasn't a competitive player. i was i had like competitive insight i guess right so you can he could color campaign.
0: commentate around so, that analysis so,
1: so he was like being that he was doing like the the main casting i was just there uh-huh. as like you know kind of joining him and answering some questions and like being like a little uh rip. just um uh, just like a consultant almost but um yeah that was the first time i actually cast and i actually really enjoyed it and then in gwent um there were there's were, obviously qualifiers and whatnot and sometimes i get eliminated from the qualifiers so then mm-hmm. i go okay well time to time to um time to cast because i mean i, I kind of want to watch the like if i'm in a, in a turn to whatnot I'm, I'm also interested in the in the the gameplay i want to watch it and mm-hmm. also if i'm going to be watching other people play i kind of boring for just to sit there and quietly watch so i thought yeah i mean if i'm going to be watching the tournament, it everyone's here to, to see the tournament. i'm going to cast it Maybe let's give them let's try it cast it and I don't know people seem to enjoy the casting so I kept kind of doing it and um for the most part for the last like year there weren't like any official casts or whatnot mm-hmm. um there weren't like any official casts or whatnot so for the most part I was one of the few people actually giving actual casting for these these like qualifiers and whatnot because uh-huh. no one else really was
0: yep and when you've heard of that you're talking about Call of Duty or at this point you've shifted over to Gwen when you're saying, uh, oh yeah, for, no, where, sorry, I'm, this, this, I should to Gwen, but
1: yeah, um, in, 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 in Call of Duty was the first time I actually ever cast something, yeah, um, then and later then later uh, on, you trained, that right? kind of gave me the idea to like try keep, to try it as well, because I mean, it didn't it didn't seem too difficult to do. I thought, eh, I mean, I know about the game, I know, I should know how to speak well enough, so <laughs> I'll try casting, see how it goes.
0: Envy that a little bit. My speaking is never good. That's always yelling at me, or I'm like, what do you mean this is wrong? How do you how do you want me to spell? Like they're all spamming it. But no, and you, you add that, you uh, bring that competitive bit, and you don't just cast like alt cast for qualifiers or just casting qualifiers for real. You also cast all these other smaller tournaments as well as different teams put together. You are yeah. essential to all of that, which I think is incredible. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean- mm-hmm, please. It's. I mean, I I, I do enjoy casting. It's also nice sometimes. Sometimes I
1: actually do enjoy. Like, it gives me like a little bit of a break, almost from ladder, because casting is a much more relaxed environment than competing on ladder and whatnot. Because you know, when you're obviously playing for spots on ladder and whatever, it's a bit stressful. You know, you want to do well, you want to win, and doing that for like six hours a day is, <laughs> it, it is like a very stressful environment. Like, it, it's 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 very it's always constant. Like, compete, 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 compete. Every now and then it is nice to like kind of watch others compete and say, so, okay, <laughs> let's watch them. And we can also still learn something because you know, by watching other good players play, you also learn yourself. And so you don't feel like you're wasting time or anything. And you also just get like a little bit of a break, which is like a constructive break, if that makes sense, which I like. No, mm-hmm.
0: oh, it makes sense. And then it's just got to feel very different. So in a sense, do you find when you're streaming, do you still are not streaming, casting, do you still find that yourself, that you're a very competitive person, whilst competing against the other casters? We're trying to form it. do you feel like it's really just, like a shut off and watch kind of i okay? mean
1: i i the, the reason why i like casting as well because i know that i'm not 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 to like not 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 to, not to sound bad about anyone particularly but the thing is that i obviously play the game at a relatively high level so yes. i can bring a certain amount of insight to the casting that you know, sometimes you know when you watch when you watch tournaments, what are, sometimes people then pick up on some small things. Mm-hmm. And especially when, like, I practice... There'll be a lot of times where I practice certain lines of play, and, like, we scrim, and you play again, and you know, okay, mm-hmm. in this in round one, this needs to happen, or this needs to happen, and if your opponent does this, this can happen, this can... You you practice these lines, and some mm-hmm. very small things can kind of get lost sometimes if people aren't quite aware of it, which is why I, I kind of like the idea of being able to give, like, a more um, pro-casting type of um, insight to, nice. into events, which... I know a lot of people have have asked me a lot of times to like to like cast over like opens or what not, just so they can have like a um, a more like sometimes insightful yeah. view over some of these these events. But yeah, it is it's I, I do enjoy it. It's it's fun. I, I like casting, um, especially as it gives me a bit of a break sometimes from actually playing ladder.
0: <laughs> sure, but it doesn't give me a break from all the work you're putting out on everything else. But it is. It, sure, does, yeah. it, it does hopefully it sounds like a lot too turn down the pressure just a touch so at least you're not the one having something. thing yeah. hey, what are my 18 lines of play Well, you could just point out like mm-hmm. this is the line of play they took because they're afraid of this mm-hmm. card they've seen these two plays from their opponent and the king they might not have these up. that's awesome pretty much exactly um so let me ask you about another piece of content you do curious about which is vinyl if I'm saying that right which is yes, TLC. Yeah. you're involved in this like they, it looked it, like G- mm-hmm. please yeah, it's 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 basically
1: like a group effort. Um, between like everyone, there's a lot of there's a lot of people behind. Like the whole team is pretty much behind it. Um, mm-hmm. obviously I am the co-cost, uh, co co-host with Jagras. Um, mm-hmm. in the podcast section, but there's a lot of different other sections. Obviously, there is the we, there's going to be the the coaching sessions. That's going to be different like team member every yep. week. There is um. There's all there's there's quote on, cup casting events happening there. There's a lot of different things. There's obviously uh, like casting events in general happening there. There's a lot of different things involved. I mean, you have, you have people like Wellmax is behind the scenes um, doing mm-hmm. all the like um all the visuals and all the and running the streams and whatnot. And then um, you also have Shadow who's also behind the scenes trying to organize everything and organize the the the, the, the guests and whatnot. So it's a very it's a big team effort, I would say, be, between like the whole of TLG and I, obviously I have my part and um in, in aspects of it but yeah it's it's definitely a, a team effort i would say
0: nice so in swinal is this uh, effectively almost like a podcast it's on youtube for people who are not aware of it We you sit down with Jaggerus and usually one or two other guests talk about gwent the future of the game competitive cover it all uh but i thought yep. it was really cool because it felt for me it felt like it was kind of feeling uh niche which are in a niche where there wasn't a ton of esports content I feel like esports is and Gwent, one of those things that's kind of sneaking under the radar. Like everyone knows it's there, but I don't think everyone's like, oh, this is going to be the world's masters. Or this is going to be this qualifier for this month. And you come in, you have this like it's like an hour long of you, Jagras and two other guests just kind of talking about Gwent and often the esports side as well. Do you think that the esports side of Gwent needs more content or do you think it's like at a good place? always want more content for the esports
1: side i mean Mm -hmm. i i i I would really love the one of the things that i've been wishing for in gwent is if there was like in game if there was like a little window that when there's an open there'll be a little window there that should it has like an embedded video feed of the the open and then also Mm -hmm. maybe a a way to like watch players say okay you know what who's playing on ladder right now like a window we could actually spectate people Mm -hmm. um easily like also the if like qualifiers and stuff was also advertised in Gwent on the the, the the welcome screen you could like click on a little window and watch the qualifiers in game and stuff i really wish there was more ways for like the i feel like there's a big divide between casual audience and pro player audience and like like competitive mm-hmm. or pro player i'm um, seeing there's, there's i feel like there's an actual there's a really big divide there because yes and I, I wish there was ways that they would and i know this was a this is something that 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 was that was also debated about I remember a lot of topics about in call of duty days where mm-hmm. um pro players would be or people would be against like in, in call of duty days some rule sets would be altered to say no none, you can't use this gun you can't do this you can't use this gun and a lot of players were a lot of people there was a lot of controversy people would say if you if you take if you make different rule sets than what people are playing on on um on like rank playing mm-hmm. whatever then you're going to cause a divide with where, where people like the, the, the casual audience is going to feel disconnected and not it's better mm-hmm. to have the same rule set being applied throughout the casual scene and the pro scene to make it more, more um, easy to understand mm-hmm. and more easy to follow for like casual audience. And then something that's uh, trying to like bridge that divide, I think, is something that would, that Gwent. I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. to me, it seemed like there's a very big, a very big distance between like a typical like let's say rank 25 players playing every like other weekend or playing casually and like people that obviously play the game every day. It seemed like a very big gap between the two. Yeah, I would agree with that as well.
0: I think it's uh so i'll be honest when i sat down and said okay we're gonna uh i'm gonna interview spiro like i know competitive went a huge part of your content and what you do of course there's a lot else that we've covered so far but I had, I had to sit there and say okay how does this really work like i know i know some of the players names that are really good that people say but i had to sit there and try to piece together a system and i thought for I me mean, personally a system is pretty crazy it was like okay i got qualifiers which get me the opens which eventually gets me to the world masters and you can qualify the world masters also off crown points that explains why every time i go see the pro rankings i have these pro rankings and these magical crown points and they're totally different every season i'm just like i'm like what is this and then of course none of it's in the game right you log in it's like yeah oh, it's it would so help it.
2: it would
1: really help if it was They should really just add like a learn more button on the just at the bottom of pro ladder like like just mm-hmm. somewhere there, just like a learn more button in-game you can click on and just read about it and just yeah. have like a, an overview mm-hmm. summary of how it all works. Because I think it would actually help a lot, probably. Yeah, I would also really love... Help a
0: lot. Yeah, I wish there was also a way to have, like, MMR for factions be... Like, once you have the pro rank, the entire game is different. And I love it. And I was trying to make sure I get the pro rank every season because else, and ladder gets very different. But if you're a casual player, like, oh, ladder, I pick my favorite faction, I pick the best deck, and I grind pro ladders, you enter this much more interesting complex place and then once you get pro rank it gets even more complex and it feels like it's always barrier after barrier uh you have to start climbing your way up and then you magically might stumble onto the side and how deep it can get which is so like it's the game at its finest but oh it feels hidden secret yeah it's
1: definitely something that's kind of a strange one. Like, it's a lot of people also they play, when they join Proto, they're not really interested in the competitive scenes. So they kind of just like meme around and play one faction anyway. So mm-hmm. it's also kind of strange when you have like a, the whole like environment mixed together and the only thing that separates them is AMR. But I mean, even then, you can have like, higher rank people curious lower rank people it sometimes uh-huh. happens and matchmaking can be kind of weird but yeah i mean it would definitely help as you mentioned if they if they had some kind of way to make it easier for people to learn because i do agree it does it, it it's obvious to, to people like me and whatnot we understand it, it sounds mm-hmm. simple because we know we, you know how it works once you know yeah. how it works and you get it it's all fine but the problem is not everyone is mm-hmm. going to go ahead and like look up and research and figure this kind of stuff out they're just kind of kind of going to go ah, i'm just going to play the game and whatever but would help if they could like read about and go, oh. So that's what this qualify because like you, you know, if you if you if you go on Twitch and you see someone stream title going qualifier blah top sixty four qualifier blah blah and if you're a cash okay. player you're gonna go, what's what's that? What does that mean? What is the those yeah. top sixty four qualifying? Eh? But it would help if you go, Oh, top sixty four qualifier is that thing I read about means the top sixty four players are gonna invite it to this thing and then then someone who's casual are gonna go, Oh that's cool. I'm gonna watch that stream because I wanna see who I want to see the top sixty four players you know, mm-hmm. play art and, 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 and how it yeah. works and whatnot, because if you know, if you know about it, then you're more interested in following it, for example.
0: 100%. I also think there are so many great, yeah, there are so many great personalities and players that do qualify uh, for it. It'd be cool if there was a way to really, like, track it. Because when everyone's streaming it, it's just, like, big event and it stops. But if I could just follow, if there were ways to keep following players the whole way through, I also think it would help help streaming content, and also encourage more people to stream and get involved in content creation, there's more of an interconnection. Because normally it's like, oh, when I go to Twitch and I click it, and it's, oh, everyone's streaming qualifiers. I'm like, oh, qualifiers are today? Cool. I don't even know. I didn't know it was today. I don't know who's in it. I'm just going to find out from looking yeah. at the top streams, like, oh, Spear made it, Specimen Gwen made it, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, yeah I find that divide to be frustrating. I, I had to learn it by researching it and going out of my way. I'm like, there's a whole separate website for it. and oh. Oh, well. Yeah, I
1: can't really talk from perspective. Like, I've always been following this kind of stuff closely. So I've kind of understood mm-hmm. it from the get-go. So I'm not exactly sure the experience, but I could definitely understand how it could be quite confusing. Like, it's definitely not a, not a, I mean, they do like in at, at least an mm-hmm. open and stuff, like, like a little trailer that shows how it's, how it all works but man, there really should be an in-game button that just says learn more <laughs> it would really help
0: yeah no, know 100 or even just a notification saying oh today is the day we have all these streams going on check it out at least on the play Gwen website they have the streamer list of here's a bunch of you know people currently streaming Gwent if you want to take a look but yeah I mean that's kind of
1: that's kind of I mean most games have it
0: it's pretty much I would say that's it's a low bar <laughs> yeah I agree I think it's a low bar I like uh so I'm a huge or back in the day I was a huge League of Legends fan I always appreciated that when the LCS was on, which is that league championship series, the esports side of things, you log in, boom, notification. Here's the match going on. You click it. You're going to immediately see that match being fully casted. Um, that, would I think, would help. I would like something like that to be able to say, oh, top 64 qualifiers, you know, here are the four players that are really popular that people probably want to tune into. Here are the direct links to see them play. Click. Off you go. At least that would help bridge it a little bit. Lower yeah, that it barrier. It would help a lot. It uh, definitely would be nice to have something like that. Yeah, I do worry about the card games in esports because I know Magic the Gathering, right? This huge game is basically getting gutting their entire esports scene, uh slowly but surely. So uh, I'm watching them dial back their investment. I worry about that, or Legends, or Terra. I'm not sure. Because I wonder if the barriers of entry the card games are just so high. So you you need to t- you know sp- toss down the money and get the cards. If that ever, yeah, I mean, hurts the esports.
2: Like, yeah, like,
1: I mean mm-hmm. that's kind of what that's kind of what killed um Artifact, isn't it? The, mm-hmm. the monetization model. So it is definitely yep. something that you got to be careful because from what everything I hear, apparently Artifact. I mean, I didn't play Artifact, not a much about Artifact, but from what I keep hearing is that Artifact was actually a really good game, but the monetization model killed it.
0: Apparently. Yeah, so, that was I was so excited about it because I I love card games. For me, they're they're. I my reaction time is terrible. I could never do a shooter and like Overwatch uh, which is just kind of like shooter of choice. It's already pretty casual uh, relative to some of the other stuff out there. I'm like in bottom 8% of tank players. I'm a terrible, terrible shooter player. I always feel like I'm doing a good job. And then I was like, Oh yeah, by the way, based on your rank, you're, you're absolute garbage. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm doing good. And then I feel like the results bad. So there's a huge disconnect with my feeling and actually how I'm doing uh but overwatch wait, where are we going with this one it goes the train of thought <laughs> I'm like oh yes I'm really bad at overwatch and then my mind's just like full stop not where we're supposed to stop um oh monetization I guess I've watched um, but I for card games I like paying attention to new ones like I actually just found Gwent for Gwent I've never read I haven't actually read many if any of them I've read like a book of the witcher or two after i found gwent i've not played the witcher games just found gwent uh and i feel like one of the benefits of us was so generous but artifact are super interested they're bringing richard Garfield, right he was the guy who built this entire genre of games and then, then, then monetization was garbage uh, to the point where i believe it's yeah. just free to play now you just get all the cards they're just like wow we, this, we ran this into the ground nobody's interested so we'll give it away for free because that's it we're done we failed yeah, Oh, which makes me want to yeah, I'm not gonna uh, lie, I don't
1: really know all that much about other card games because I have not played any other. The only other card game I've ever played pretty much is Yu Gi Oh! but that was when I was in school. I played the physical card games. Oh, yeah.
0: You gotta, gotta do one. You gotta get your Blue Eyes White Dragons back in the day. They weren't good, but I liked yeah, that was card-
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's any other card game. Other than that, I'm actually quite a noob when it comes to card games. <laughs>
0: interesting. But yeah, you found the, your attachment here. Do you think in the future you'll find other competitor games you'll hop to? I have no idea. Every time, every time I thought,
1: ugh, if, you, if you asked me four years ago the same question, I would have probably said no. If you asked me four years before that, it's it just it's kind of. I don't think I I I, I don't think I'll ever be able to um, see further than that. I have no idea. Maybe maybe we'll we'll have to see. But for now, I mean, like I said, I do like the core concept of Gwent, the three round the three round um, system, the 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 turn by turn play. That that type of feel is I think quite quite um from what from what i know quite unique other card games with mana based system and they don't really have they're all Gwent's obviously very different than the others which i like quite a lot about it.
0: me too i think the the lack of mana is what i think one of the things that's key to me because i get my hand of cards like okay they're all options right imagine the gathering right any mana based is like oh i don't have the mana to play this card it's not even worth considering my option is usually do i play one or two cards or pass right and Gwent, you're like here's all your cards you can play your best card right now if you want to but you do have to win two out of yeah. three rounds, and it just creates so many options, so much possibility. Feels super fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, like I said, I can't really comment
1: on how, how it feels compared to other card games because I don't have. Any, I've never yeah. really played many other card games, so it's hard for me to. People always ask me like, well, what, "What do you think about this compared to that?" And I'm just like, "I don't know. I never played that game, so <laughs> then, uh-huh. I never played. Rinter- well, actually, I did. I did play. I played a very, very small amount of Rintero. hardly uh-huh. any, but. Um basically have any basically just finished the tutorial but that's about it
0: so funny i did the same thing i got to the end of the tutorial i'm like you know what it ain't gwen because <laughs> uh, i felt like i was always sitting there waiting for something to happen but at the end of the tutorial i'm like all right well i could just go back to gwen wrong i you know my out. issues my
1: issues I, I look at the deck ball i want to read through the cards and like start like trying to build decks and shot and do stuff and then i realize oh look everything's locked because i'm a new player and it's like uh, you'd have to like spend a lot of money, which I don't mm-hmm. want to do, or I got to spend a lot of time, which I can't do, or I can't experiment and try build decks. I'm stuck with the starter deck, and the starter deck is kind of
0: boring. So yeah. And then I find that to be the frustration uh. with, and that's one of the things I guess that worries me about Gwent in the long run in terms of its growth is a lot of it's super generous. It sounds like they're making stuff the new startup decks, even though the debacle released them in the wrong way or implied they were releasing them the wrong way have you seen the starter decks they're like what i mean the like, new overpowered ones i saw yeah i saw a overpowered, but i saw they were like release new
1: ones that look quite ridiculously good for starter decks
0: yeah well i was really excited about that because for me the biggest barrier to any card game is hey you can't play of all the good cards there's a point where it's just like oh they have blood eagle and i don't and i'm we're both running Warriors yeah. decks and i would like a copy or they have ice and i don't and i don't want to give them 35 bucks to buy all the leaders uh, so I was really excited to see that because I feel like that's key for growing Gwen. It's just like the best, some of the best parts of any card game is sitting there, get your collection 500 cards and you stare at them saying, I need every point I can get. I don't know what I need to do. I have all these options. Just put it together in my own way and off we go. They worry about, I just yeah. like I mean- the block. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I did make an I actually made two accounts in Gwent. I first saw it on PlayStation. I then eventually bought a PC because streaming on console was a nightmare because Gwent was a a mess on console. <laughs> Crash all the time on they, console. They the problem now, right? is mm-hmm. only, yeah, now I'm on PC. Oh, now mm-hmm. I've now I have a PC and everything. Um but back in the day when I was streaming on PlayStation, I was streaming directly from the PlayStation, which is a horrible experience, would not recommend two out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um but basically what would happen is the game would crash very frequently. And when the game crashes, not only does the game crash and you lose the game, which you shouldn't lose, but your stream also goes down. If the game crashes, your stream mm. goes down as well in, in on PlayStation. That's I was awful. getting really tired of that. So I, I, bought, a, I bought a laptop. I f- first tried to buy the most budget laptop I could, I was like, what is the most budget laptop that can can, can still handle a stream? Go- and, mm-hmm. well, I, I
0: actually still have that laptop over here. Do you? That's awesome. So- <laughs> Let's see what, what was your... <laughs> Poison of choice, so to speak. Uh,
1: this was the laptop. I used to stream a little bit on this thing. Nice. Then on the um, laptop on this laptop, some Asus thingy. This was the laptop I streamed on. Uh-huh. And well, this thing wasn't really that great at streaming either. <laughs> it did its job, but it was it was quite um it struggled. And yep. also the screen's not broken as well. And then eventually I bought an actual an actual desktop PC um but now i'm also forgetting my line of thought where, where, where was i going with this um oh yes so i started a new account for pc okay. and i started from the very bottom and yeah. it wasn't i didn't find that hard to like so what i did was i just i just scrapped i don't know if you can still do this but i just scrapped all the, car- the, the current cards or a lot of the current the, the uh-huh. current factions I was like, okay what 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 what's the best deck i'm gonna play to like get my account back or just to build up okay the best deck is this deck i'm gonna scrap all the cards from all the other decks i'm gonna build one meta deck i'm gonna climb with that meta deck i'm gonna to get to pro ladder and then by the time i get to pro ladder i'll have enough scraps to build two meta decks and then mm-hmm. i play another week and then i could build a third deck and a fourth deck and if you know what you're doing and you play enough yep. you can build decks quite quickly like once you have like three mm-hmm. solid decks or something then you're pretty set you're good to go yes. um but i don't know I, well, i'm not sure if it's still like that nowadays I know, I know things have changed a lot in gwent but that was that was about two years ago but I didn't find it too difficult to start a new account. It was yeah. actually pretty easy.
0: I think right if now... If you know what you're doing. I guess. Yeah, if you know what you're doing. They got rid of the ability, I think, to scrap the starter cards. But in return, there's so many random reward points they give you early on that you can quickly start getting Story Node up to Story Node, get the ore you need. Then you just buy a bunch of cakes, scrap all those. So I wonder if the strategy is yeah. harder to do now. Because now it's still like every month new patch. Awesome. Yeah, it's... it's...
2: Mm-hmm
1: yeah that's the big learning curve every month and you patch for a lot of players as well I'm not sure how I I love it I don't know how Uh much the casual audience loves it but I definitely like quite frequent changes oh man I don't know how much I don't know how much casual audience likes that though
0: (laughs) I don't know I love it and the fact like if I ever get that tunnel that the patch where they just gave tunnel drill one more provision made me so bitter because I'm looking here, I've been playing, dealing with line pockets this whole month. Right? Just, I, I'm more of a meme player myself. I like experimenting, goofing off, get the pro rank, and then just, you know, off you go, play whatever you want. And then when they gave that, oh, that nerf for just one provision, it's like, oh, it's a five point for seven. This is going to break the game. Uh, I was so yeah, bitter I, that month because I was just like, oh my I gosh, mean- same thing. Same thing again.
1: Yeah, I mean, in their defense, though, sometimes Uh nerfing a card by one provision has, like, there have been many Uh times in Gwent where, like, there have been cards that have been, like, really, really strong. And then one. And they nerf it by a provision Uh or a point, and the card just ceases to exist. Yep. So I think they were probably with the mindset of the. They were going to do, like, incrementally. They're going to see what happens at seven, and then they might tweak it further. I guess that was the mindset. Yeah. And then go on from there. That was probably what the idea was. Um, to be honest, a lot of time, cards get, like, there are a lot of cards in Gwent that were also at one point in time very overpowered. And the game has power crept past to the point where these cards that haven't even been changed just don't mm-hmm. see play anymore. Or some cards did get changed, and then if you look back and you think to yourself, if this card stayed the way it was when it first came out, would it see play? And the answer would be absolutely not, because yes. cards just get so strong. After, I, I'm, I'm almost certain if, if Tunnel mm-hmm. Draw stays the way it is now, in a few months from now, we'll look back at Tunnel Draw and go, and, and, and the card will be, and it will be like, wow, this card's so bad now.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely been because power grabs, powerful. and then they buffed all the stratagems. I think to try to help with that, right? No more po- yeah. random poison; you put the poison where you want. Now they have an offensive and ceremonial dagger, and but that's all right. Yeah. What do you think, by the way? I really wait, like that. I wait, what did you say? Sorry, right. no, sorry. I, I, you, you cut off for a second. What was the question? Oh, I was just about to ask you. Have you seen the new? It's something oddly specific, but I saw it today. Have you seen the two Nilfgaard spoilers from today? Yeah, those cards look insanely good. Oh my good. gosh they're nuts the chat was like what do you think john i'm like these these are these are the best cards they're by far like every nilf guard deck and the, okay now i'm not nearly as good at this game as you No,
1: it is but... auto good it is include. Yeah. It, it is just,
0: think
1: but, oh my gosh i heard rumors apparently i mean i don't want to i don't want to spread reddit rumors because yeah. uh-huh. but apparently according to my chat according to reddit now we're saying we're going from one accordance to the other okay according to reddit according to chat apparently the 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 guardian is apparently going down to one strength which would make this card only a nine for five which is still really good with one thinning Uh would be a buff to Cynthia would make Cynthia pretty crazy because now Cynthia puts a one point golem which is kind of annoying because I don't want I would really like cloggers not to get buffed further but Mm -hmm. that being said here's the thing. I don't mind cards like this, because in my opinion, and it's opinion of a lot of um, competitive players and pro players, that bronze cards in Gwent are too weak compared to gold cards. If you think about a gold card, a lot of times gold cards are playing for like 20 plus points. Look at Ice, you look at Faltus, mm-hmm. Bruver, blah, blah. There's a lot of gold cards that are playing for crazy amounts of points, 20 plus points. And then a lot of bronze cards are only playing for like 6, 7 points. So the discrepancy between the difference between drawing that one gold card and missing that gold card and being stuck uh, with bronze cards, you have to draw like yep. three bronze cards to make up the value of one gold card, which is crazy. Which makes the game feel very draw dependent, which is why I really wish bro- I wish bronze cards were, were more important. They were, they had more value in a deck. They were, uh-huh. they, they were, they were closer to strength than the gold cards. So, in my opinion, the card the weight is now at eleven for f- eleven for five. I like it because I wish more bronze cards are like that. I wish bronze cards were all playing for that kind of value, uh-huh. and that way it would be much closer to gold card value, which I think would be more fair.
0: Makes a lot of sense. It would also interestingly enough drive down the abundance of stuff like Maxi or neuromancy because you wouldn't need to make sure you get all your gold cards by the end. Your deck's all bronze. Because if you're, you hit a bronze card, you miss a gold that can miss a point or two, but you could put in better stuff in deck as a result. So Maxi and Orniomancy are still really good cards. That's interesting. Yeah,
2: I mean it's just it's just
1: like I said, I think that, that bronze cards, if you look at beginning of homecoming, gold cards. There was a provision curve, and the curve yeah. was much steeper in the in, in the in the lower provision slot, and towards the the high end, it started flattening out. Gold cards were playing for under their provision value, and bronze cards are playing for a little bit over the provision value. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that 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 curve has changed a lot. Now, gold cards yeah. are playing for crazy amounts of points, and gold cards. Are, I mean, and bronze cards are still playing for relatively similar-ish amounts of points, yeah. which I think is something that needs to be addressed at some point in Gwent. So when I see bronze cards like this. Initially, everyone goes, oh, that's busted, must nerf it, too strong. I'm of, the, I'm of the opinion that no, make all bronze cards like that, leave this card the way it is, make the other bronze okay. cards this good, and leave, and then that's fine. I kind of
0: like that take, uh, personally, because you're right, it would make everything a little less draw, dependent, a lot more, hey, here's a unique, interesting bronze card, does this, now I have all these unique, more interesting cards, and just play a bronze card, and you get my six, seven, eight points today. Now it's like okay i got i have all these more interesting bronze cards gold cards are a little you know less dependent on how can i play out this hand with more interesting interactions and such like you're right actually it's what's it called blight something bobber find your something blight keeper like that's an interesting card it's a strong card it's also gonna spawn yeah remember,
1: but it's, it's a strong coffee sure. so it's very strong it's definitely right i i i i, I kind of agree it is broken but it's broken because other bronze cards are too weak but make the other bronze cards better and then it's not broken because i mean if you think mm-hmm. about it, right this this bronze card is playing for 11 points one thinning which is pretty good but mm-hmm. it's still a far cry when you compare it to something like ice which is playing for like 30 points
0: yeah in one <laughs> card
1: mean, like 20, 20 points yeah so it's, yeah. it in my opinion if if if, if... If bronze cards are playing for like 10 plus points and gold cards are playing for 20 plus points, then that's more fair than a bronze card playing for 6 points and a gold card playing for 20 points because then what happens every now and then is you don't draw your gold card, you're stuck with the bronze cards and while you're yes. playing 6 provision cards, or not 6 provision 6 point okay. cards,
0: your opponent's playing 20 point cards and it doesn't feel so great. No, because they just simply drew better than you. You built up the whole game, all this thought, and it's like, oh, yeah, just drew a bad hand at the end, and because of the discrepancy in points, like, I don't even have a shot. I'm not even in this. There's nothing creative I can do. I put up my six-point cards, and they play ice to hit for 30-something. Yeah, pretty much. Feel that. Okay, that's really interesting. That's an interesting take. Then cards like Witch's Apprentice that just got uh, published, the monster card that gets plus two if you have Sabbath, or Sabbath activated you that must feel like a step in the right direction potentially, where it's like okay here's a slightly more interesting bronze card maybe too weak by yourself uh, is that the one that is that, is that the one that strengthens itself by two yeah. for every adjacent no uh every adjacent reddit no Which it's uh it's a four for four sabbath uh two oh
1: yes that's probably in that remember. line of yes. play like I, well, yeah That one is, that one, I've actually discussed a lot, I've actually discussed it with a lot of members of TLG. A lot of people don't even actually think it's all that great. I think it's pretty good in certain decks, like I think in a V deck it makes a lot of sense. Uh, But yeah, I don't mind, I I, I don't mind Mm -hmm. bronze cards being like that, I don't mind strong bronze cards. Strong bronze cards, like, I really want to look at bronze cards and say, okay, in the right situation, this bronze card is really good. Instead of going, okay, here's a bronze card. Well, I guess I'm going to play it and throw it away in round one, just play the card, whatever. And then in round three, ah, Mulligan, go away, get out of my hand, go away, go away, Mm -hmm. go away. I wish I could look at those bronze cards and say, you know what? I'm going to keep this bronze card. I want it in my hand because even though it's Mm -hmm. round three, this bronze card is going to allow me to do this and this and this. And it's going to play for this many points if I can do that. And then it goes, okay, so I'm actually going to keep this bronze card because it's actually a good card. I
0: wish it was more like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I like it. I like it. And hopefully they give out more. They give uh, Northern Realms a decent bronze here this time as well. But we'll see if they keep that trend up. I feel like Syndicate's looking like they got shafted again with Bounty. Um, But we'll find out with the new expansion. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? We don't have to keep talking about this. Pop topics.
1: I mean, it's so hard to evaluate the cards sometimes when it's an expansion because you have to see the full card pull before you can actually, like, perfectly evaluate cards. And I, I say this as well. Like the, the the new monster card that was released says strengthen its or boost itself by or boosts its base power increases enough. base power by two for every adjacent relic. I look at the card now and I go I go into the deck build. I type the word relic in and I go, wow that's yep. bad. Because <laughs> all the relics they all through. do different things. One relic is a is a tutor, one relic is a, a death wish card, the next relic is a it's just they did none of them make sense yeah. in the same decks so like I go look at the card and go, what is this card? This card's terrible. But Maybe when the full expansion is released after the, the next couple of months when the other right. parts are them they b- b- add really a bunch good. of red cards, maybe this card will be insane.
2: Uh huh.
0: So yeah.
1: it's always very difficult to, like, perfectly evaluate cards without seeing the full
0: set. That's true, that's true. But it is going to be the cards we play with for another two months. But uh, right yeah. now, but ideally, the fact that they made, for example, the one you used, uh, they now have bronze relics cards, in form of, like, Witch's Apprentice and other ones. You know, give, them, uh, give yourself, like... Four more bronze relics that are all very good all of a sudden card becomes much more playable yep. um, yeah
1: for sure i mean i think it was a card that has i mean at some points it's I mean, a nine for five it's pretty good and then it's strengthens and assault making your ghouls better can be can be a, bit, a good card at some point down the line right now i don't think it's very good but that's mm-hmm. because i just don't see any good relics right now to put in a deck like this
0: maybe a um, work
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do like the I do like the ideas of like this like the, the Sabbath keyword for example. I think there's a lot of things that can do with that, not just because of the expansion, but they could add it to existing cards. Like uh-huh. I don't know if you know what Imrith does. It's a card that says um um <laughs> ba- basically that... draw a card, oh. consume a yeah, 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 yeah. card, send one and then draw uh, yeah, okay. another boost self by a card's power. And it's not really a great card; no one ever plays it. Yep. But now you can add a keyword to it to make it better. You can add a keyword like give it Sabbath. You can now use this new keyword and now make it say. Draw a card, discard a card, if the card is a unit boost, blah, 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 and then you can also say Sabbath. Not draw a card, draw, choose a card, or draw any card from your deck. So now yeah. if you have that bonus category, now you can tutor any card you want, uh-huh. makes the card a lot more consistent, a lot better. Just and you're, not, you're, not even bu- you're not buffing the points of the card, you're just giving it a bonus ability that makes it more consistent, which suddenly makes this card a lot more playable. And they can use that ability on a bunch of other things. I was even having with the idea of you know mm-hmm. the 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 witch the trio crones the one that yeah the trio crones consumes need, and then you need the other one counter yeah um you can also do something yeah. like that with those crones and make it so that you give them sabbath as well and if you if you play one of those crones and you have sabbath then increase the counter of the others not by one but by two instead that would do hot. stuff
0: like that for, i like that for instance i think it'd be really angry and i see weavis kind of or, uh, was it whispers that deals damage comes down it's like oh yeah deal 10 damage to target but would be a lot more interesting and would also help kind yeah. of buff that middle section or you're not necessarily dependent on the higher point gold to win games. Um, yeah,
1: I, I think okay. I think these new keywords can definitely be used on existing cards. Like I hope that mm-hmm. I really hope they do that though, because quite uh-huh. often what I don't like when they do these expansions, they add a keyword or they add a new mechanic, and they just forget about it. It becomes like a little mini gimmick to solve mm-hmm. the expansion, and then they kind of forget about it. And then the next expansion, they do a new a new like keyword or gimmick, and then they forget about that one. I really hope they use these keywords, especially I think a Sabbath has a lot of potential to be used. In yes. a lot of existing cards to make them a lot better. And I hope they use it in other cards too.
0: Yeah, I think the one that they're doing a good job of that in terms of rolling out is Devotion. I think Devotion has become, for me, one of my favorite keywords because it's like, oh, let me reward you for leaning into this keyword. You have to, mean, you if you're in Devotion, it's got to all be one faction, but in return, cool stuff happens. So I am waiting, I will say, for the Devotion neutral card. Someday, some Devotion Bandit card is going to appear. Or I'll be like, "This is what we've waited for for our whole lives," and like, it's gonna be—it's like so good when that sure. happens. Someday, someday. So, tell me—I I, want to hear a bit about your take as a content creator of creating something for YouTube versus Twitch, like streaming. Do you, uh, what, what are some different? Do you feel like there's different audiences there, Some what are some considerations you do when you try to put together something for either of them? I'm trying to keep my my YouTube
1: very informative, very much like guides and educational place, like where you can like, my goal when I make YouTube videos is that, especially like I have like series like common mistakes and advanced strategies that someone who doesn't know how to play the game can watch these videos. And if they watch them carefully and they go through them step-by-step step and actually um, watch, they should be able to become a pretty decent player if they watch them step by Cause I put a, I put guides for almost every topic I can think about. Common mistakes, advanced strategies, and uh, that—that's my guys. So, like, if you're, if like, as if you're a new player, right? You, you just start playing a game. You kind of a lot of time you might ask yourself, "Where the hell do I start? Like, what do I, what do I do? I'm playing badly. I don't know what to do." You can, you can kind of watch streams, but it's not easy to always get like the. Mm-hmm. You, it's hard to always like follow a stream and go, "Why are you doing that?" What, what? Yep. You know, without like asking me a question every five seconds and expecting the stream to answer all uh-huh. the time is going to be quite difficult, but. <laughs> I, so I put together a YouTube channel that obviously the goal was, the main goal is just a very informative place where people can just, you know, learn. Just, that's what it is. Just a learning uh-huh. environment where you can either learn a deck, you can learn how to play, um, learn about a, a mistake that people are often ma- making, or an, an advanced, like, concept or strategy mm. which can help improve you as a player if you are aware about these things. Because the reason why I actually made this is when I was climbing to ProData on my new account, on my PC yeah. account, I would play against people on, on Ranked Play. And they were making some very obvious mistakes, but for the most part, they were playing well, but they would make one big crucial mistake that if they just, if they just had someone to tell them, by the way, you, that's wrong because of X, Y, and Z, I thought they'll just be so much better because i would watched someone play and they were, 90% of their players were good, but they would make one massive big misplay at the beginning and would just losing the whole game. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, if someone could just explain that to them, what that mistake is, they would, increase, they would improve as a player so much they're just aware of it and that's why i kind of made the common mistakes like series for example
0: no that makes a lot of sense even honestly when i glanced at your channel even i learned something really fast i was like oh high temple versus low temple oh that's a great way to think about the game but i sit here I, in my mind i was always thinking like provisions that was kind of my cheat code for it i was just like all right how committed are you really to this round i like, can always click on one of your cards and be like oh it says eight i know you're more committed than if you just put up four you know four like my shorthand when i was getting new to the game but it's like, oh, high tempo or slow tempo. Oh yeah, how important is that card really? How many points is it really generating? So I see like an early breath, and so I'm like, okay, high tempo. Are they going to follow up? Do I need to answer myself? Thought it was a really good way to think about the game. And uh, yeah, yeah. And heck, I'm mean, in for chat. People watching, I'm pro ranked player. If you're not, stuff. All right, of stuff is. Do a good job. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's it, that, that video, the, the, the temper manager one. That was actually literally the video. That the, basically what the story was uh-huh. is basically I played on ladder, and some guy played this massive Tempo play. He played like he played like Clever, which is now actually Carlo Vasa, the card that deals one uh-huh. back in the back of the day was a very it was like a red coin abuse card. And yeah. like out came Roach, and he played this massive Tempo play, and then I played a, a medium Tempo play to try and get a pass, and I was like, damn, I'm gonna lose on even now, and he, all he needed to do was like. Th- Four points to get ahead of uh-huh. me, and he played a three tempo card. Oh. and I got a pass. So I was like, Cool, I'm up, Bye bye. And that was the thing like, you like to, to play such a high tempo card, a big commitment like that, and then mm-hmm. give your then follow up with a low commitment play and give your opponent a pass. Is that's like a mistake of of, of tempo management, so to speak. Yeah. And that's basically what inspired me. That exact game was what inspired me to like make that first video of that series, and obviously then make others.
0: No, and it's super, it's super good. And so to me, it's like no wonder you're constantly getting top 60, top 16. Right, because you're, you're understanding the game is phenomenal. And then, of course, it feeds into the casting and the competition, right? It's this whole theories that helps for all are, you know, whole like big picture for you, right? You have, you have your competitive mindset and it feeds all these I like it. Um, so tell me a yeah. bit more about how do you view Gwent as a community? I know it seems like a bit of a weird question. It's kind of like a general topic. Do you like the Gwent community? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's
1: a small, I mean, I say small, it, it's it's a how do I say cozy community. I guess it's smaller. It's it's a yes. much smaller. Like I'm used to, I'm, I'm coming from Call of Duty days. Big community, no one knows anyone. It's just, just random uh-huh. people everywhere. But the nice thing about the Gwen community is that um it's it's you you kind of know people, know names because it's it's smaller. It's 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 cozier, which mm-hmm. is nice. It's nice to be able to like. Look at people in chat and kind of go. oh, I know that guy from there. There, are, or, oh, I know that person. I've seen in that chat or blah blah blah. It's 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 a uh, or oh I've seen that guy on ladder. Mm-hmm. Like you see a guy in chat and you also play yeah. against him every now and then on ladder, and it's it's it's, it's a it's a it's a much um, a cozier environment than like if you play if you play, like if, if, if you play a game like League of Legends or Call of Duty, you're not yeah. gonna know anyone. Everyone's really every... a different random person. Every every person is the different random person. That Until you don't know.
0: Twice ever it's like and I've played thousands of games So here you're right like I'll run into especially early season it's just like oh that's that streamer that's that player and for you who has of course a higher level play it's you're reducing the number of players you're playing against significantly like oh this it's got to be a lot of like oh I know you we played seven games against you know past week I'm up this many games on you let's do it um, yeah it's just kind of one of the things I really I, I miss about the whole like senior
1: opponents name it's not only like one of the, it, it kind of takes, I, I don't know if you were around before, back in the day, you could see your opponent's names and everything in ProLighter, which I don't, I'm, I'm never been a fan of the fact that we've gone to hidden names because it kind of, to me, takes away the community feel of the game. It makes you feel like you're playing mm-hmm. against just a an unknown entity that's not a huge fan of it. I really miss having to see him who my opponent was and go, ah, I know that guy. Maybe you, you, maybe you got a little mm-hmm. bit cold. Maybe you're like, oh, that guy beat me last game. I want to get my revenge. I want to win this game uh-huh. Um, or whatnot. Whereas now it's just kind of just, it's like you're playing it's another like bot almost and then at the only at the end of the game you go, oh okay it's that person or whatever, but I must be able to see people's names.
0: That'd be cool. Give me a second. I need to take a small bathroom break. I don't know if you need to. Give me a moment. Uh, can I I'll, Yeah, I wanna hold I'll the four for care. sixty seconds. <laughs> hold the four for sixty seconds right. for me, okay?
1: One
2: sec. Alright. Alright. Alright, chat. You're left with me now. You're all mine. You're all mine. Alright, what's going on here? So, who is all here anyway? Haven't been paying attention to chat. Wait, let me get my chat open. Holy crap. Okay. Chat. I can actually re-chat now. Nice. (laughs) Wanna hear a joke? Boy. Alright, sure, hit me. What's the joke? What is the joke? What looks like half an orange? I don't know. An orange cut in half? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, a sliced orange.
1: The other half. Oh my god. Okay, can someone make me a mod here so I can ban so I can ban bribery? Any any mod make any mods? Any mod
2: friends want to ban bribery? Anyone? Can we get a ban here? <laughs> oh god. Oh, mod bribery. Uh oh no. If that happens I might have to keep an exit now. <laughs> ah, there's a the band, nice. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh I was asked are you free? Oh no. Yep, I'm not gonna lie, that 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 joke that joke killed me. That joke may have killed
1: me. Didn't it? Be- I just missed uh, yeah, I just I was being detained by chat giving me some
0: epic jokes and
2: that's good I hope I, they're treating you I, 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 I was doing sure I'm
0: good <laughs> ah. Chat's uh, yeah I was we'll sort of banning them I'm more concerned about the mods hey don't boo me that's literally my mod see I say I say it and instantly the mods are against me
2: <laughs>
0: awful so you're uh, picking back up unless yeah uh, we need to run up the joke a little longer boomy chat anyways so you hidden names do you feel like it's created a better competitive environment Sounds like you miss the personal nature of it. I don't like it. Don't like it? I
1: don't like it. I like seeing your I like seeing your opponent's names. I like having that it, it feels very feels very um disconnected for me and it also feels very um impersonal when you don't see who you're up against. you're just playing against some random entity that's there. It just doesn't to me it just, I, I don't I don't like it all. I, I like seeing names. But I, I mean it's been a, it's been around for a long time i've kind of gotten used to it but it's something that i still to this day <laughs> don't like
0: yeah no i guess yeah i I wonder about it because i always think that so and the one game i know where people like die their name are their uh names is starcraft 2. do you ever watch any starcraft 2? actually I,
1: I i haven't watched it in a long time but i do i i have i did follow a little bit of StarCraft. watch a bit of um some of the games i've never played competitively i did play it just i played it very casually just just because I, I i played it as a as a kid i i really liked mm-hmm. the lore and the story i mostly played it for the story but um yeah I, I played a tiny bit of it multiplayer not much but just a tiny bit
0: nice all right so back in uh i also played as a kid not competitive again it's another, it's another genre that i'm garbage at i wish i was good at it but it'd be like built my drone and then oh i died oh i died oh i died, oh, I died. Uh, like I know that there's some genres I'm good at and there's many I'm not. It's very much in the not category. But I know that there was basically top ranked players would try to figure out who they're playing each other on the ladder. So they can know what strategies they're practicing, what they're using and not using. But they would, they would always have the name hidden. So what everyone would do is they'd queue up and their names would just be eyes and ones. It would be this line after line after line you can never figure out who anyone was. But in, like this, in this version of it, I get to find out who the name of the person I played is. So if I'm either trying to practice a secret deck or anything, I get to find out at the end, oh, oh, Spiro! Spiro has this really spicy take on Pirate's Cove. I got to look out for that next tournament. Or this particular line of play really doesn't work. Like, I feel like it defeats the purpose to an extent. I mean,
1: I, I guess um, in StarCraft, it's... Um, in 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 StarCraft, I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, so you say you can choose. I mean, if you, if you can choose, everyone would choose. I mean, you you don't want to put yourself at a competitive disadvantage by not putting it on when everyone else is putting it on. So, mm-hmm. like, if hypothetically there was an the option to choose to put it in Gwent, I would also choose to put it on or hidden, mm-hmm. because if everyone else is going to have it on, there's no That's reason well why I'm going to have it off because it just doesn't make sense. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I do miss the feeling of going, oh, it's that guy or oh, it's hey, I'm cute against um, I cute against playable. Oh, I cute against that guy. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give my A game now. I want to I want to win this one or whatever. Oh, yeah. But n- no, it's kind of just another game, another another random entity up against, going to go up against. I don't know exactly StarCraft how much uh, how much the strategies or how much
2: mm-hmm.
1: like I I know there's like different openers and different types of ways you yeah. can play and whatnot and i don't and, and i don't know enough about StarCraft to say okay if you know who you're up against you can get a big advantage by knowing what strategy they typically use and blah blah so it's hard mm-hmm. for me to exactly compare it to but at least in Gwent i did not think it was like a a massive like giveaway of your opponents mm-hmm. or whatever to to know who they
0: are yeah i basically. also i would agree with that and starcraft is a bigger one so what everyone would do is they would just they wouldn't there was no option to it, they just changed their username to be nothing Garble. oh okay so if they're all lines and ones and everyone's doing lines and ones you sit there and it's probably pretty hard to figure out who it is or at least it puts up a barrier uh, okay i see Interesting. Uh, but there was an advantage of what people are doing is saying okay look everybody on ladder knows i'm playing or like i i the famous game was a, a player named scarlet versus player uh player named bomber and scarlet made a judgment call saying okay i keep running in the bomber on ladder i'm in a tournament setting now i always play this way or these are the ways i played against bomber Let me do something totally new because i was able to figure out his username online so he knows what he thinks i do these 10 strategies i'm going to throw in an 11th strategy that i've never played against him with so it's totally fresh for him uh it's a little different for gwen (laughs) which because in gwen you know the names the deck lists are published so i do feel like you've either feel free to move to a more extreme option where there's no usernames or just let people see each other's usernames you already get to see what's in everyone's deck anyways so i'm not this is a surprise
1: Mm-hmm. To be fair, on, when it comes to tournaments, anyway, you play on open deck lists. So, mm-hmm. in the end of the day, when it comes to the highest, the highest um competitive level of Gwent, there's oh. that you, you're playing on open deck lists regardless. So if I don't really hate the idea of mm-hmm. of even getting the sl- slight sense of knowing what my opponent's name is or what they might be playing. Because if I'm playing against in a tournament, I'm gonna know exactly what they're playing anyway. Yep. So, you should be you should probably be used to having your opponents know what you're playing because when it comes to competitive tournaments. You're gonna have to be in an environment where your opponent knows exactly what you're playing, regardless.
0: Feels like a weird feature, actually. The more I think about it, the weirder it is. Like, oh, you can't know the username while you're playing, but as soon as you're done, you know know exactly who you just beat or was beaten by, right? Like, feels like it's a weird middle ground that doesn't serve a significant role. I mean, it's a
2: bit. It there's there's
1: two there's been two. I mean, back when this thing happened with two sides, that's I'm kind of like giving up with this whole. The backle because mm-hmm. of the at the, when it was released, some people liked it, some people didn't like it. It's kind of just at this point, it's kind of just whatever, and different. just I guess have to accept it. I suppose,
0: I guess so. I guess so. Um, so, question Do you think like, and if you could make let me figure out how I want to ask the Gwent always feels like to me a smaller game? Do you hope it continues to blow up? Do you feel like that should be the drive of the game? Oh, I'd love, I mean, I. Uh, I would love it for it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um,
1: does mm-hmm. feel like there's like there's almost like this invisible wall that stops from going further. But I'm not sure like what it mean. would need to go past that like wall barrier. But I would love it if it was like a big, big game like like Hearthstone or, or whatever. I mean, I know, I know it kind of contradicts what I said earlier about liking the, the, the small community feel. But as a content creator, obviously the bigger the, the community, yeah. the more beneficial anyway. So <laughs>
0: yeah, do you ever feel <laughs> like would
1: you're... be
0: nicer? Nice. If you had to stream any other game besides you have one that you would like in the back pocket you consider would you go back to call of duty or at the same time it's just what, not uh, like I, I don't i don't think
1: i would be that good i haven't played call of Duty in years i would probably be maybe above average at best at this point i'd have to like <laughs> like i spent years and years playing like eight hours a day every day to practice and i don't think i could just get that back you know mm-hmm. in, in over a day or two so I'm not sure. I always. I wish, I, if, I, if I could, if I, if I could magically transfer Gwent knowledge into another game, I would love to like, know chess very well. I really oh. would. I, I know how to play chess. I don't know how to play chess well. I know, I know the rules. That's about it. No, but I, I would really like to know how to play chess well. Unfortunately, no. that also takes years and years and years to play it at a very high level, so I can't exactly do that, but I wish uh-huh. I did. I wish I could.
0: Oh, It's a cool game. My chat has uh, asked me a number of times to play it, and actually a lot of times when i'm streaming usually chats like oh do you want to play gwen the other thing they're asking each other is hey do you guys want to play chess and just go you know like john just plays Gwent in the background it's really interesting chess, but i love the i grew up with that game i don't think i'm i've never been ranked so i don't know if i'm good or not i'm probably not i would like to think i am the competitive person in me i don't know if you feel this about games like oh i've got to be above average get that little you know that scratch until you get to prove it you're like of course i'm above average until chips are down hands are open but it's it's Amazing. It's also amazing how much it's blown up on Twitch, where it went from a really, wait, say that one more time. Chess. You say chess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I haven't
1: followed it much on
0: on Twitch, but. Fascinating. So it was this, it actually reminds me a lot of Gwent, which is what gives me some optimism about the future of Gwent, where you have, you kind of like a core streaming community, kind of smallish, small, smallish, major tournament occurs and the community spikes in viewers, Right. So when we're about to see it in June if you look at Masters I bet you're going to see 10 plus K people watching at least 9 K right we, we've,
1: had, we've had we've had more than that we've had a lot more than that in the past we've had big they used to the tournaments the tournament mm-hmm. scenes used to have a lot more viewers but kind of been slowly trickling down I don't know what show why but
0: yeah yeah so then what happened in Trust is eventually I think it was Hikaru came along I believe that's his name and he was the perfect oh, yeah. storm uh, what is his name Hikaru. I Hikaru, believe. there Hikaru. Uh Hikaru came along and it was the perfect storm, the right amount of entertainment with raw skill. And then put it together and it exploded as a category. So i always feel I feel like low-key as just a content creator, Gwent's in that similar place. It might need a esports restructuring to add more tournaments, less qualifiers. That would be my outside point of view, not a competitor, but Qualifiers happen. The
1: qualifiers are the qualifiers are there to try and the reason why the qualifiers exist is back in the day it was mm-hmm. to qualify as turns is pretty much mostly coming from ladder only. Yep. And there was a lot of there was a lot of um um how do I say? there was a lot of there was a lot a lot of um friction between players and I I kind of I the thing about ladder is you have to play a lot of games to um, usually get those. If you look at if you look at mm-hmm. ladder now, obviously there's gonna be exceptions. There will be players every now and then. There'll be a someone with a very high win rate and a very low amount of games relative to other players. But generally speaking, most players the high uh, on the top end of ladder play a lot of games every month, mm-hmm. a lot. And there might be some people that don't have the time to go for top spots. They might be they might be decent. They might be maybe uh-huh. almost as good as someone that's ranked like top 10 or something but they just they, they're they working a job they 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 play like only an hour or two every uh, every day or so and they can yeah. only play like 200 something games a month yeah. um so they they have no chance of getting into a gwent open or whatever so the qualifiers are kind of there to give those people a chance the top 64s to say okay um if you're good at the game you might not be able to get a, to- a top spot on ladder but you can at least qualify through the tournament and that wasn't the point the qualifiers were and i kind of liked it because honestly mm-hmm. like um unless you play a lot of gwent you're probably not going to
0: be within the top eight players to qualify for tournaments otherwise do you feel like for me again this is i'm a, i'm more the viewer here not the competitor uh there's so many qualifiers going on because it happens every month and then you have the open yeah. and then it goes on it just feels like when there's a major tournament in gwent you get you get the viewership that really could take Gwent from a smaller community a really big deal, and I feel like I mean, if I was going to grow the esports in the game, I'd be trying to focus on creating more of those spikes as opposed to a lot of little tournaments and getting it once or twice a year. I mean, back in the day with qualifiers,
1: people weren't there, were there, were always for a long time, there was always qualifiers basically. The difference was back then there were more spots given for ladder and less for qualifiers. I mean, the real difference is now there's a lot more people streaming the qualifiers back. Back in like home, back in Open Beta days, very few streamers streaming the open. Like almost no one was streaming the open. The qualifiers, people were. Most of the streamers didn't really put They were mostly playing ladder and just um, they weren't like actual like high competitive players. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the 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 qualifiers system is still mostly the same. It's just there's more spots now for. No, actually all the spots are for qualifiers. So. Um, mm-hmm. There are, because there used to be top 50 and top 100 qualifier. Now there's top 64 and top 16. So there were two qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Um, Now there's more qualifiers because there's more spots for qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it used to be like half qualifiers, half ladder and stuff like that. Or something, some kind of structure like that. But yeah, I I like qualifiers because it gives you a chance to, even if you aren't having enough time to play like a million games a month, you can at least, you know, you can at least compete. And the thing is, I think it's important is if you're playing on ProLadder, if you're on pro-, pro ladder and you kind of think if your only way to qualify for turns is finish top 8, mm-hmm. you're going to say, what's the point? You're yeah. going to say, ah, I'm not, gonna, gonna I'm gonna, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not going to try. But if you say if you finish top 64, you can play in a qualifier, which could get you to there, then you go, ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I could try top 64 and, you know, it gives people motivation. It gives you something to aim towards. But if they said only top 8,
0: then, everyone, then pretty much everyone on pro will go, well, I'm out. not even going to try. Bye-bye. Do you think that top 64 is inclusive enough or would you ever consider your opinion the value in expanding and not decreasing but expanding going going further the other way
1: it would be cool to have more but the problem is that Mm -hmm. it's already very long and very tiring for the players and adding more players would only make it longer and make it more tiring for the players so whilst i would like it to be more inclusive i Mm -hmm. do kind of i would kind of like to see it being 100 players i kind of don't want to see it being 100 players (laughs) just because of the fact that I don't want to play in these mm-hmm. qualifiers for an extra like two hours because I'm re- it's mixed really bag. tiring to play in these qualifiers. So it's kind of like a bit of a mixed bag. I would like more, but I also don't want more because it's already too
0: long. Yeah. So how do you how do you keep your focus? Because you've been able to you mentioned very uh, early in our conversation, taking a textbook to a Call of Duty tournament so you could study for a major exam. Now the darkness has come. <laughs> now take your time. You um, can yes. turn on light. Beautiful,
1: beautiful feature of South Africa is we get load shedding so our power just gets cut randomly um I've, wow. been, I've been inverted to back up the power for my computer only but if you need to go uh, it's
0: all good we can always end it here if you want uh, I can't. that's what the
1: battery's for my my um my battery's here to keep the computer going
0: all right should i feel like should i oh, should okay. just kill my lights a little bit kind of be you know in spirit <laughs> with you go into like the you know a little you know it feels like shutting off the lights getting good this is yeah. the juicy stuff right uh, dark stream now extreme <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the light for now it's actually it's fine your computer light <laughs> is pretty good uh uh, uh let's see where's it gonna oh competitive mindset so how do you how do you deal with that you're under a lot of pressure going game after game uh, it's after so game. difficult
2: so hard, the the
1: hard... tournaments at the, by the last couple of rounds it becomes just a, a battle of who can keep their focus the longest because at that point everyone's misplaying everyone's playing like okay, i said I maybe mean, i'm exaggerating not everyone's misplaying but it's it's really hard to keep your focus that long. So many times, I'll play a qualifier and, like, the last like game or so, I will play like a complete potato because I'm just, I'm just dead inside. I'm like, I just want to go. I'm tired. I just want to stop. It's yeah. really hard to stay focused that long. I don't know how. I don't know how everyone does it. I know I struggle with it as well because it's just an endurance battle at that
0: point. Sounds like it almost adds eventually a second layer of the game. Like, it's not just can you be good at Gwen. It's can you be good at Gwen and maintain it over. Game after game after game, not just like throwaway ladder games where you can keep playing, you always get it back. But when it counts, it really counts. And the qualifiers over. Yeah, it's six all stage. Have you read? God, what's the name of the book? Oh come on, that's a the the There was a really good. Book. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. You said, "Have I read?" The answer's probably no, because Ooh. I
1: don't like to read. Well, there's a book for <laughs> you.
0: Well, I, there, I'm just, if you wanna if you wanna dig into that topic, there's a book. You're interested. You just let me know off the stream. You don't have to tell me now. We'll take offense if you don't reach out. But there's a book about a former chess player uh, who wanted to not only do be a top chess player in the world, but also top in a very specific martial art. Both, of course, you know, top level hyper competitive environments. And he talked a lot about the
2: competition. Take it down. All right, his headphones are off. Quickly, guys, quickly. How's everyone doing nah, I hope you guys are enjoying this so far. I'm having a good time.
0: Sorry. Yeah, All right. okay. don't
2: worry.
0: Spear the right? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. All right. Then uh, there's basically, it's just a book written by somebody who's gone to the peak of uh, chess as well as a martial art and just talking a lot about focus, how he maintained what he did. You know how it feels constantly, you know, focus so often on stuff and kind of get worn down. I don't know. It might be a book for you. might not be a book if you're not much of a reader. And also, time is always a brutal yeah, reading thing. Is the time.
1: <laughs> reading is always a time-consuming one, for sure.
0: That it is. That it is. What do you do for free time and, like, for fun?
1: Uh, right now, there's not really much free time. But when I do have time, I do kind of like to sometimes play some other games. If I have some time, um, just... I mean, right now, there hasn't been many good games that have come out recently. I'm not really a huge fan of what's... Mm-hmm. what games come up but and there are some nice games like for example resident evil what if i'm not streaming i do kind of like to just relax and play a game or something one of my free time or watch a movie or whatnot just typical kind of stuff
0: do you have a guilty pleasure game you like playing off stream like one you just go back to and you're like this feels not
1: really go back to I mean, I, I i i like single player games i either play one game multiplayer if it's a multiplayer game it's probably going to be competitive everything else is going to be single player. i don't really go back to one I play it, I finish it, and I go, okay, that was a good game. And then I move on to the next one if there's another new one to come to.
0: Interesting. Do you have a favorite game of all time?
1: And uh... That's probably The Last of Us or Rated Redemption 2. Those two are very much my two favorites, I nice. would say. Don't know which one between the two I would say is better, but those two are quite.
0: Okay, there. I just can see. It, and that's why it makes sense that you're excited for Horizon Rodan's expansion then. You seem to have a genre you like. So yeah game. I
1: mean it's an RPG it's an open world game it's also got a very good story I like story driven games quite a bit
0: nice now I hear really good things I've actually played I've not played out of those games but I've heard nothing but praise from both of them so on my on my list of things I should eventually get around to doing ah uh, wow okay let me see let me check my questions real quick what else did I want to ask you about there. if you weren't streaming what else would you do because you have you've have options right and it might just be you don't know um i mean i'm not 100% sure but i mean, I'm, I'm i'm pretty good at writing i'm also
1: i have also been quite interested in project management um as well um or just own honestly probably the if i could if i could do anything else, probably own my own business i would like to just i again i don't mm-hmm. like working for other people i prefer to own my own business ideally so i would probably try to be um try have some kind of business going but yeah that's obviously difficult to mm-hmm. say what kind of business or what exactly but yeah
0: Gotta try things until it works but now it goes back to the yeah. competitive nature as well as i think i think you mentioned very earlier, very early on really reaping the rewards of your work do you work a ton might yeah. as well reap the rewards instead of handing it over at the mm. end of the day to somebody else for extra time they get the reward yeah pretty much pretty much Makes sense, makes sense. And do you think, do you have any other really, any other things you really want to mention to the community? I confess, we've, I, we've gone through all of my topics that I have initially prepared. I think I don't see anything else. We've covered a lot. Do you have any or any other yeah, topic, feel free.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. I think that's pretty much covered
0: about everything I think. <laughs> At least from my understanding. Awesome. So then let's pivot over to mods if you want to send me to the mod channel on the discord i'll check on my phone questions for spiro we'll get down
2: the business of that see i got a google doc link and let's see what chat has for you all right hmm i'll give you an easy one off the bat how tall
0: are you 193 centimeters nice As an American, I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> um, uh, you're good, It means know. very
1: tall. Means, it means
0: almost two meters. Nah, okay, perfect. You can work on that. Uh, <laughs> six foot four. Oh, man. You're, you're taller than me. I thought I was doing good. Uh, let see. That's good. What helps keep you? What helps has helped you stay engaged for so long? I know a lot of people are burning out all the time when playing this game. My, ex- my my experience in not being
1: burnt out on Call of Duty for like several years of playing like eight hours a day, I'm used to it. Right <laughs> uh,
0: Takes a lot. Built up the muscle, I so can, to speak.
1: Yeah, I've got a very high mental fortitude of being able to avoid burnout, so to speak.
0: All right, next any questions? Okay, we got... We got uh... Okay, you're good, good. Actually, we were good. We should be able to get from this. Uh, who are you right. rooting for in Gwent Masters? Who know what? In the Gwent Masters tournament, do you have a favorite player. Um, I mean, it's hard. To, I
1: mean, it's hard to um bet against, for example, Tailbot. Um, I'm also very much interested in seeing how Colimon performs, and also Game King. Um, I would say my three mm-hmm. favorites going to that one. I'm, I'm curious to see all those, um, how they end up going out against each other. Game King, Colimon, and Tailbot. I'm quite curious. See how those play
0: out. Makes sense. you've have you? I'm assuming you've played against all these players before on ladder and such.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Mm. Quite often. That's the thing. Quite often. I mean, they. I know some people played very different time zones. Like for example, I remember one time I was playing. I was doing like a subathon, and I remember queuing against Kulamon and Edskoff like four times at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I was like, "What are these guys doing up at 4 a.m.?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes you've played very funny time zones. Um, but yeah, it's. You do often play against the same people over and over, so
0: yeah. No, yeah. and then makes your insight even better into the tournament because you know what people really are playing. I think Life Coach has a shot or Freddie Babes? Cause I don't think they play as much as the.
1: I mean, Freddie has definitely been um, practicing quite a bit. He was even in the qualifiers last month, and he made it to day two. So I, I, I'm not sure about Life Coach though. He's been he's been away for a long, long time. So. It's definitely, he's, had a, he's having a like, crash course learned again. I'm not sure how much he can cram that sort of time, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddy, although I think is a little bit more like, a little bit more, he's been around for more recently and been around for a bit mm-hmm. more into homecoming. So he's not, he has to learn as much as quickly, but Life Coach definitely has it up against him where he's got a lot to learn
0: in a very short amount of time. So we'll have to see how he manages to um, to do that. All right, next question. So somebody wanted to know a little bit more. I'm not. I'm gonna try to rephrase it, but is it, there's difference probably between, or there might not be between when you're streaming and who you are off stream. How do you balance it, or is it all just the same? Uh, pretty much the
1: same. Honestly, I've tried. Not, I've tried not having any kind of persona, or any acting. Pretty much what you see on the stream is pretty much me. That's
0: but I, I'm pretty much the same person. <laughs> nice. Hey, I like it. I respect it. I'd personally do the same thing myself. I turn down my language on. Keep it pretty pg right chat ah <laughs> uh, so what's the what's your long-term goal of being a streamer uh, i mean just grow to the point where i don't have to
1: i would like to eventually be the point where i don't have to like have to like constantly be online all the time where I can kind of go, Yeah, you know what? I feel like taking today off and it's not gonna hurt me and I don't mind. I'm just gonna go take this day off and I'm gonna take that day off. And you know what? Today I'm streaming, so I'm gonna take this day off. That's the point where I'd eventually like to be. Right now it's very hard to do that because financial reasons and whatnot, but uh, <laughs> generally at, at some point I would like to be at that point where I could just go, Yep, you know what? I'm gonna, today I'm not gonna stream, or tomorrow, you know what? I'm gonna stream. Maybe I'm not gonna even stream, great. I'm gonna stream this game. I'm just gonna take a chill day and do whatever mm. that would be quite nice
0: i really that to grow to that point that would be really nice because <laughs> it is a lot of work <laughs> it's uh it's brutal it's a job and a half at yeah. minimum uh, yeah it, pretty much ingwent is there an archetype you want to bring back i'm assuming more cloggers you're a big uh, fan of it
2: no no absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> um
1: oh, honestly i I um I really liked um I really like Great Souls from Overbeta. I know I know a lot of people did not like Great Souls from Overbeta, but I liked it. I, I really like Great Swords. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have Great Souls in a way between Priest and Omidrakar, but they're not quite the same. I uh, don't think we're ever going to get it back, but because it's kind of a part archetype. But I really enjoyed it. Oh, actually no, I take it back. There's one I would like to bring back that that people won't hate as much. North God Spies. That was a very high skill, very interesting oct. I tried bringing it back, but what we have now is just not.
0: Quite what we had in the past. I really wish we could get like old north God spies back in all its glory. That would be awesome. All right, I like it. I like it. Hopefully they bring it back. They're trying to. I mean, I'm waiting for Dagon. Unfortunately, I'm from the lame people sitting there. That's not a, for me. It's not a meme. It's a necessity. I need the Dagon back in my life. I miss the days I click for bring out fog. All my fog has come out. I play my wooden spirit All the fog has come out again. Ah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely an iconic one for sure. Oh, I think most people kind of
1: want to see Dagon return.
0: Yeah, that's that's quickly becoming the newest meme. So next question. I don't know if this is true, but I'll, I'll, you would know potentially. Ah, uh, somebody asked, why do you think South Africans are more proportionally represented in Gwent than in other games? Um,
1: not sure how true that is. I know. I know. I know. In for example, CS:GO, we had a i don't know if how i don't i don't follow again. i don't follow many other games but i know south africa had a pretty good csgo team i believe they won like dreamhack at in india at one point the team um the south african team
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so we we have we have we have or had pretty good csgo players mm-hmm. we have some pretty good call of duty players as well have again not sure have or had um we've had some pretty good call of duty players in the past as well um but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's obviously not going to be every game. Some games, South Africa, you'll never hear a South African name. Um, mm-hmm. Some games, there, there may be some South Africans. Um,
2: depends on the game, I think.
0: All right. Yeah, I wish I, I didn't know offhand the demographics, but hopefully that question asked was <laughs> correct. Here's one that It's know- not a big
1: community. South Africa is definitely a smaller one, but there are some games that they're pretty good in.
0: Here's one that's easy for you, I think. Uh, is your logo Komodo Dragon? And if so, why did you choose that logo?
2: Two reasons. One, the
1: PogChamp, well, the current PogChamp emote, I used to love that emote. I would spam that emote all the time. Two, um, I live very close to a swamp, um, mm-hmm. which means a lot of mosquitoes, which means a lot of geckos and lizards all over. So if I go outside my house and I look on the walls, you will see little geckos everywhere. That's awesome. And, yeah, that's kind of how it, where the lower came from.
0: Nice. I don't think I would like the mosquitoes, but I do think geckos are pretty awesome.
2: What?
1: Yeah, the mosquitoes are there to try keep control of the mosquito, all the
0: deco population. Yeah, no, they're like little, they're like little mini fly swatters. Run around and deal with the bugs for you. And they're probably nicer than yep. spiders. All <laughs> their choice. Uh, here's a <laughs> more general one as a streamer for you. Uh, how did your mm-hmm. interaction with viewers evolve as your channel size grew? And how do you handle interacting with so many viewers at a time?
1: I must say, the, the bigger the channel gets, <laughs> The more, the more kind of differences you see in chat, and sometimes obviously those differences aren't going to be quite the, the most pleasant, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it can be difficult. It's actually one of the more difficult challenges of a stream is like the bigger the chat gets, the more difficult it is to like kind of handle everything and everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm not sure De- dealing with it is uh, honestly just just ask mods to try be stricter, I
0: guess. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how I've dealt with it. Do you feel like you uh. lose a bit of that personal interaction with so many people there? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's much harder to read all the comments
1: chats in the beginning. Obviously, I would be able to read every single comment in chat because it was mm-hmm. easy to do. But nowadays, it's very hard to read everything because there's, I mean, on average, I think every stream is about 5-ish thousand messages I get in chat. So there's no way I can read 5,000 different messages every yep. day. So I, you obviously lose out on some of that.
0: That's pretty, yeah, that's a lot. it has got to be, yeah, it's got to be tough you mean mods can crack down on the heart you know the people who are bad actors but it's gotta be extra difficult to try to connect to each individual person because when you start off you have like 10 yeah. viewers it's like oh yeah i know i can name every person by name in the chat and then it starts to come less and less and less
2: yeah um, pretty much
0: it becomes much harder as time goes on okay i'm gonna skip a couple questions here there that are very closely related to the game so i don't just keep grilling you uh, let's try to wrap up some of the other ones that are a bit more unique. Because also, guys, why not, all guys? For the podcast super good. Ah, uh, but what are you trying to do to stand out amongst all the other Gwent Twitch streamers? Because it's clearly very—you're very successful at that. Or also another way to phrase it would be: How do you build your brand?
1: I try just—I try most time just be myself. I don't want to try, obviously. Be someone I'm not, and try like put on a persona, or whatnot. Um, I, I that it's I don't do anything really specifically, honest. I I, I kind of just be myself and just try play as well as I can, and also try be educational slash informative while at the same time also, you know, not too robotic and not too stiff. I kind of want to just also either have fun or 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 just be myself, and also you know try at the same time also provide an environment that I can try teach people. Mm-hmm. um and let them watch and be able to like go oh, okay i understand why he's, he's explaining quite well and blah 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 whatnot.
0: nice sounds like it requires a lot of thought on your part in terms of really crafting how it's going to be and then you have the added complexity of getting bigger and bigger which feels like you almost lose a bit of control it's a tough thing to balance yeah for uh, sure so i won't I, i'm going to wrap it up with one final question here uh which All is right. What made you, so a lot of people are asking about Gwent and like your love of Gwen. Like what keeps you to this game? What has endeared you to Gwen? You've gone through a lot of changes. Um, I, I really like the,
1: um, I really like, like I said, I really like the, the core constant of the game. The, the, the three-round system, the, the, the managing of resources, the knowing when to pass. Um, that I really, really like about the game. Um, mm-hmm. And there really isn't any other card game that I know of, at least that has that kind of system or feature, at least not to the extent that Gwent does. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the fact that I don't really, I, there's not really much else. That uh, it's kind of like at this point, I don't really feel like I want to learn a whole, be competitive in a game. It takes time. Like you got to mm-hmm. learning a game from scratch is kind of exhausting, and I haven't really felt compelled to like try learn any other game from scratch like I have with Gwent. So for the time being, it's kind of just. Um, also, the community knowing the community participating in tournaments, being able to like teach people and help them get better is mm-hmm. definitely a motivating factor. And being able to know that I can help people learn the game um, really does. It's it's quite nice when someone says like, okay, for example, like, hey, I just started playing the game for mm-hmm. for the last month or whatnot, and your guides or whatever or your streams have helped me get to pro rank. And I'm like, okay, great, that's great. That means you're learning something. It means you know, at the end of the day, I've done my job, and you, you are able to you know, take something away from the stream and
2: improve your gameplay.
0: Awesome. That's, yeah, that's super good. It also shows how much, like, it, and it may not show, but, like, if you, it's always awesome when you have an impact on somebody. You're like, your life is better because of something I did. This kid's like, I put together a guide. I taught you how to play Gwent. Now you're not sitting there hating the game. You know what's going on. And, you know, the community yeah. grows a little bit further, which seems to be <coughs> underlying everything you do, that core thing, as you're competitive mm-hmm. in all aspects. You're driving this constant growth you know proving the game all, all these different yeah awesome well i guess bureau is there anything else you want to say any like this is your time to tell the world
2: uh,
1: i don't think so i think that's pretty much that's pretty much everything that i can think of as well i think you guys asked quite an extensive array of questions so i think you got it
0: <laughs> all right well i i appreciate that i hope i got it i hope I got it again thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I was actually shocked. I was like, "Well, I'll ask. Can't hurt." Um, but here we are, and I'm truly grateful. Really appreciate it.
1: No problem. It was fun having. It was fun being here. Uh, appreciate it.
0: Excellent. Thanks for making the time for me. And uh, I guess this is the moment where it's kind of like we have to find an awkward way to end this. So,
1: go smile and wave.
2: I guess. <laughs> smile
0: and wave. That's that's it. All right. Everyone, smile and wave. Smile and wave. All
2: right. Take care. Bye.